Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul, and I'm coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. And folks, as always, I have with me tonight and every night the best co-host in the business, nay, the world, Dr. John in Columbus, Ohio. How are you, doctor? No, no, we got the mobile studios tonight. But, oh, you're in Cincinnati, aren't you? That's right. Oh, my goodness. It's like the old days. It's like, it feels like 2009 all over again. All over again. Oh, my God. I feel so much younger. My skin is softer. My eyes are brighter. Oh, um, was that yeah. just your chemical peel? Yeah, I did. I did put on my chemical peel tonight. I'll tell you what. I, it's a little burning. John, um, for people who are confused now because we didn't make any sense in that first 30 seconds, you're listening to the Mad Men recap. We recap Mad Men. Quite possibly the best drama on television, coming to you on AMC, ten o'clock every Sunday night. John, um, it's like you work for them. Maybe it is. Maybe they finally pulled their heads out of their collective asses and sponsored us. <laughs> maybe. No. No. <laughs> Not, <Nope>. now. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> oh, John. Um, I feel like I don't have any. I don't have any. You know, usually here at the top of the show, I like to do some. Some little witty banner with you, but I don't have I don't have much to lay on you, man. Well, you know, you could also witty banter with Kate if she was here. Kate, unfortunately, folks, and I know you I know you think I'm effing with you. I know you do. <laughs> like Kate's not even real. That she is. Um, and she honestly is not feeling well tonight. I know, I know. But it's true. She honestly is not feeling well tonight. We watched the show last night together. I got all her input, all her insights. Um, so as always, I will be sh- uh, sharing those as well as I can. But I don't have that—I don't have that lovely female voice that she does, John. Have you ever listened back to the show? She sounds great on the show. She does. It she- really offsets the nasal. Okay, I don't know why that needed to be said. Sorry. Seriously, is that is, is that how is that how the show's going to go? Yeah, a little edge to it. Oh my god, John. Let's jump right in with the three things I learned about the episode, Lady Lazarus. Lady Lazarus. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say this up top, John. I liked this episode. I really did. But I feel as if I, <laughs> I, I, this time, more than always, need your help to decipher what the hell some of this stuff was. Like the name of the episode. Like yes, we'll just start. We'll start there. But there are several other just shots and scene and things that I was like, oh, I'm supposed to get something from that. That I couldn't, I couldn't do, and I don't know if it's because it was, it was. I was a little worn out because um, we were in beautiful Annapolis this weekend. That's why we couldn't watch. Um, that's why we couldn't tweet with everyone. Which, of course, we apologize because John, as you know, that is our favorite thing. It's a lot of fun, and we still got some great, great. We did get some, contributions. Yeah, yeah, thanks everybody for tweeting without us. That was nice. I wasn't retweeting though, which I feel was a hindrance for the people that that just that just like to read along. But um, we will be back. Next this week. weekend. This Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday, John. Come on now. Um, so, yeah, this is Lady Lazarus, and um, I did learn th- uh, trace things for our Mexican listening. Oh, I'm sorry, our Spanish-speaking audience. <laughs> um, <clears throat> did you, did you want to know where that came from? Oh, sure, yeah. So, it's a, it's, of course, it's a Holocaust poem. Oh, is it? It was a poem written by uh, a poet named Sylvia Plath. Mm. and uh, develops a German image to denote Nazism and, in turn, oppression. And this, it's, it's, uh, it kind of goes with 
kind of a very dark undertone of the entire episode. Now, John, that didn't explain anything to me. Lazarus, um, he, 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 he came back from the dead. Yeah, he was a dude. He was not a lady. He was not a lady. And JC brought him back, as I, if I remember correctly. I think you got that one right. Um, so what's a lady Lazarus? Well, I think that's the point, is that Lady Lazarus is not referring to, you know, the Lazarus' ball and chain. We're rather talking about... <laughs> okay, we're but talking... Rather, rather, we're talking about this, this poem, in fact. Uh, that, that oh, is... specifically. Right, Do you have the poem? Would you, can, can you read the poem to me? Uh, it's copyright protected. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You know how... You know, speaking of, that's another theme we have going throughout this episode, copyright protection. Um, they played that Beatles song at the end for a bit of a hefty price tag. Did you see my tweet yesterday? No, I did not. What was that? I, I, what, did they spend $250,000 on that song? On that one song? On that song. Wow. I believe so. I'll look it up when we get to that part of the show. But, John, it was a lot of money. Wow. I know I'll I tell did. you what. More than I make in a week or my ba- lifetime. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so my three things that I'm trying to get to, which usually you're pushing me into, but tonight, John, let me do it. All right. And I'll tell you what, folks, they're not hilarious this episode either. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number one, Peggy can't deliver a line to save her life. And it's John's fault. Thank you. Number two, clearly, Mr. Belding can time travel. Morris, <laughs> that was great. That was great seeing Belding. It that, was. That was. That was. It was, it was more like was seeing one and a I, half Beldings. Here's the thing. As everyone knows, I have a cat that eats my research, and uh, we're uh, we're watching the show last night. I see Mr. Belding. I don't. I don't know how to react. So I just kind of like. I just ah. I just kind of scream. The cat freaks out, and runs away. Oh, you scared the cat with your Belding I reaction. I scared the cat. So I just just the sight of the fattest Mr. Belding I could imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, number three. Uh, we find Ray P. Pete wondering why they always get to decide. Come to think of it, that old pair didn't. Hey, in your eye, Ray P. Pete. Uh, we want to thank who? Do, who do we want to thank for that, John? Uh, Shell. Shell. Yeah, well, this is why you wrote it down. I know, but I wrote it. I wrote it down, Shell, because I'm an idiot. Shiel, Shiel, God, Shiel actually tweeted a a comment like that, and John just read it to me, and I uh, I laughed heartily. So thank you, Shiel. Well done. Did you find yourself laughing a lot during this episode? Did I find myself laughing a lot? Uh, I don't. I don't remember laughing a lot. No. No. Did you? Not at all. No, I found I found myself. I found myself mostly horrified by Pete yeah. and his <laughs> and his lady tactics. Yeah, that was uh, there. There was many that we can get to. Literally, John, I cannot wait to talk about that. Well, and before we get to his lady tactics, we actually start out by his travel companion's lady tactics. So this we guy. get into the episode. We're on the train. We're heading into work. Sure. Pete's reading. Pete's reading along, and his travel buddy. Now, we have met this guy in the past. His name's mm-hmm. Howard. All right. And he's a, now we find out, an insurance salesman. And a loose cannon. Yes. Yeah. And so Pete says something about insurance. Like, look, I already got stuff at work. And 
then he tells them, well, that's probably not going to work out the way you think it will. But they get off the work stuff. And he goes, hey, you like my new tie? You know what a new tie means? Yeah, that's new right. New friend. Hey. I, I did not know this. I didn't know that that's what a new tie meant. And by the way, John, if, if, if I had a new lady friend, I don't think I would woo her with that tie. No, I think isn't like yellow is the international tie of nauseous. I <laughs> yes, and uh, and 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 to add to that nauseous, there's literally, and I counted it because I had the time. There's uh, fifteen thousand quail on that tie <laughs> on that yellow tie. Well, that's then that's appropriate. You know why? Because he's going hunting. Ayo, yayo. Good God, John! Brilliant. <laughs> and you know, and and so Pete's kind of, I think, fascinated by this, right? I mean, we've seen this with the whole thing with the the whorehouse earlier, and you know, he's tried to hit on women in the past, and you know, I think he wants more excitement in his life. And I, feel, so. I, I feel like Pete Pete kind of straddles this weird line between kind of being a bit disgusted by this guy, and yet completely like, how do I do this? Exactly. Can I do this? Why yeah. can't I do this? But yet at the same time, that's wrong, pal. Not cool. Not cool. I'm judging you. But so we, and, and, you know, and then he walks off and we get into the office and we get a mystery phone call. Uh-oh. For not, not Megan Draper. No, no. No, no. There is a call for Megan Calvay. And a light bulb goes off. Why, Paul, why would somebody be calling for <laughs> Megan Calvay 10 months after that name has changed. Thank you, John. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate uh, the uh, the level of your astute um, astuteness. Uh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, but uh, wh- why why were they calling her, John? And what well, do you want me to? I can. We, no, I want I want you to I want we'll you to it hold now. it from me. Yeah, yes. I w- no, I no, I want you to hold it from me. Okay. Like I don't know. Right. So. Well, then, if that's the case, we can just move on because we don't find out for a second. No, we'll just do it now. We find out that Megan, <laughs> she's doing the acting thing. What? If, the what? I know, as if we didn't get smacked around with this in the last episode. Did Now, now just to prove how dumb I am, <laughs> did I not just say in the last episode that I clearly thought the whole acting thing was over? Oh, it was, a, ru- it, it was a ruse. It was a ruse. <laughs> by Matt Weiner to trick you, stupid. And, uh, and then I also thought that she was completely satisfied with the whole Heinz thing. John, I could have not been more wrong. And, you know, I'm going to tell episode. you right now, that is why people love this show. That's true. Because you put it all out there, and it's not right. We, <laughs> <laughs> we are not afraid to fail fast. That's what I do, John. I like to get out there. I like to say things that are completely wrong. And then I like to be, uh, I like to be, uh, have, have my pants pulled down, air quotes, by Matt Weiner on the next episode. But we'll get, the, the acting issue, this is going to pervade the episode, so we don't have to get too much into it right, right. now. In fact, yep. we can go into the boardroom where, how much do you like Ginsburg? How much has this guy grown on you? This he season? didn't have to. I loved him immediately. But here's the thing, John. I, I, I'm beginning to think that he's blind. How because so? Because what he is wearing here is like, it's like... It's like he fell down in the closet, yeah. and when he got up, somehow the tie and the shirt and the jacket were on. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I know. There's a, there's a, there's a great uh, comic strip from Calvin and Hobbes where like, Calvin gets in a fight with his clothes and winds up in something like this. 
That's exactly that is exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what it's it's like a dare. It's like he dare it's like it's like the uh, his dad who's not his dad dares him every morning to look as stupid as possible. Here's the thing. I think if you go back and watch the tapes, I think that he only has this shirt. I don't know that we've seen he might have a blue one and that's it. Like he has Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I would out of, out of everything I can see on him in this shot which is minute three, 13 seconds. Uh, the shirt is the only thing I would take. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't you. know. I don't know how that tie doesn't just start on fire by itself. It looks like he stapled just together combust. a bunch of coasters. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow tie them around his neck. But that does not detract from the fact that he's giving a very energetic uh, proposal uh, pr- presentation to the Chevalier Blanc people. Yes, very, uh, very cologne. heated. He was sweating. He was, he was. He was glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, the, he gives this great presentation. They're given a big round of applause. It goes well. And they say, hey, we want, you know, the Hard Day's Night. We want the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you know, of course, they're not going to get the Beatles, but they're going to do, you know, they're going to find something close. And mm-hmm. they walk away, and everybody's, you know, happy with the presentation. You got it. Did we miss anything there? I don't no, know. I think it's good. Other than um, they, they do make a point out of making the client as obviously gay as possible. Well, one of them, right? Yeah, the parent, and I don't, I don't know who he, he definitely necessarily was representing uh, there. Um, but it looks as if he made his jacket out of a prison mattress. That's true. Am I right? Oh, that is wow. like a, yeah, that's a prison mattress jacket. It's like he escaped, he escaped from prison. But he, he he wanted to look dapper, so he just made a jacket out of the out of the uh, and as a, as being a stereotypically gay man, he had the skills to sew a jacket. Well, I get I don't even know if he sewed it. He just sucked all the fluff out and threw it over his head. <laughs> That's amazing. You're absolutely right on the mattress. Right now, it's incredible. But so they're happy, and they, you know, so they're they're talking about the music. You know how they're not going to get the Beatles, and they start naming off all these other possible music groups. You know, Don's like, well, whatever. I'll go find Megan. Little does he know, she's off in acting land. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. But uh, they, they did a good job. I don't know. Did you? I, I wasn't actually really familiar with a lot of these, like Herman's Hermits or... Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, those were all those were all bands at the time. But, you know, yeah, I think it was some kind of zombie. The zombies. Zombies? Yeah. The zo- yeah. I, I, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't heard... I've heard of some of those bands, but I hadn't heard of uh, all of them. But I'm sure we have a lot of our audience... Knows exactly what they're talking about, John. But the next scene uh, is hands down the uh, the least important and my absolute favorite. I, here, I disagree. I don't think it was that unimportant. I actually oh. felt this was very important. Tell me why. Oh, here, here we go. So, number one, I think that we see, at least from Roger's standpoint, he's kind of pretty cool with how things are after his whole LSD experience. You know, he's like, look. You're getting a reputation. You're getting these gifts without meeting these guys. These guys oh, yeah. heard about you in my lunch. They told me they wanted you. Yeah. And he says, look, it's, a, it's good. It's all good. The business is doing well. You're getting to work with Joe Schmo you know, from Maine. This is you know, fantastic. And uh, you know, he comes across as fairly sincere. Well, you know? yeah. And, uh, and I think that Pete gets a little um, you know, shot of ego with the whole fact that he is you know, he's worked hard and he is getting his reputation. He is becoming somebody in this business. 
Right. No, no, no. I, I don't. But I mean, as far as the rest of the episode, I don't feel like it has that much a uh, bearing. Well, I just it, it, I think it, it shows us just the two directions. You know, his professional life continues oh, right, right, on right, this right, upward right. trend, whereas his personal life is kind of going in the opposite direction. Now, what do you think of them? Like, because it almost feels like they're making him into a weenie Don. You know what I mean? That's like exactly him, him, what they're him doing. Him and Don. Can, but I, I gotta say, I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. This. Because, I mean, he's just like literally in most of this episode, he looks like he's 12 years old. Right. You know, like you just don't believe that any woman could possibly, uh, even even as upset and desperate as they might get want to have anything to do with him. I think that's the point. That's the only kind of woman he's going to have a shot with. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, thanking me. My favorite part of the episode, though, as, uh, as uh, a non-thinking man, is Pete picking up the skis. Because seriously, who has not tried to carry skis? They're almost impossible to carry. And they did such an amazing job in this episode of making that hilarious. Am well, I right? It's, it's, unless you're a skier... And you know how to carry them. It's hilarious even, on its even, own. Even that, they're incredibly cumbersome. They're a little cumbersome. Oh, good jeez. Yeah, oh, but I mean, so you're least, wait, hold on. And here's the thing: this no, no, was no. like a big no, no, time. No, 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 This was like no. a big time. John, client, John, though. John. This John? was head John. skis. Oh, hey, you were cutting me off. That's fine. This was. Are the you saying one. that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that you're a professional ski carrier? I've gotten very good at it. That's what it sounds like. Yes, I, I could do that better. Are than you what becoming he did. the Pete Campbell of this podcast? Are we going to have to fist fight? No, I I don't. I, think... No, no, no. I feel like maybe you're getting a little too big for your britches, John. That, well, that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, you can just call me Lane from now on. Okay. Oh, you're going to do the accent? Oh, Ron. Oh, okay. So we're you're going to stop that. Yeah, we're going to stop we're... that. Uh, but you're right. It was it was hysterical. And, and again, this this is actually a big deal because this was the number one market share uh, manufacturer of skis at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the head skis, head incorporated. Very, very fancy. Yeah. They, they they started up in the 50s and were number one by this time in the 60s. I like it. But uh, so, yeah, ski, <laughs> Pete stumbles on out. Roger enjoys watching that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, Megan comes in to give. Um, Donna lines and she's got to work because he's off to a dinner. Mm-hmm. Have, I don't. What, what's with the music conversation? Anything of value there? Just talking about music. Oh well, I mean, it does. I mean, I, I think they've already made the point that Donna's kind of, kind of, actually, kind of quickly falling out of touch with kind of pop culture and what's going on um, in the uh, in the world, especially when it comes to the youths. Um, but I mean. At the same time, and I don't know, I wasn't in, I wasn't alive in the '60s, but it was a it was a tumultuous time, was it not? Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of social change, a lot of uh, a lot of unrest, and you could see how someone who was, you know, like it, you know, you could have a ten year dis- uh, difference in age, and, and I think probably get, uh, you know, uh, a big gap, you know. And that's what uh, I, I guess. And I guess in this case, it's like a 14-year difference. Yeah, I guess they're closer to a 20-year difference in age. But still, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, they, they're, 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 they're certainly showing that gap. Megan's cool and hip. Don's old and no fun. But right. it, se- it seems as if he, he may be willing to embrace 
Like, it seems as if he may be smart enough to understand that. That he knows he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. To say, okay, listen, I'm out of touch, but yet I live with someone who isn't, who isn't in touch. Uh, I need to, um, I do, I need to embrace this and kind of figure out how to use it. So. Well, and then we get to see Pete struggle with the skis some more. Which is, there again, I could watch that on repeat. <laughs> so he just drags them out of the office. We also see here in this scene, that Peggy is, I mean, we've always known that she is extremely dedicated, but Peggy has um, what, like, you hope for in a creative person. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's perfect, she still thinks it could be better. And that she is, is the job. Yeah, no, but that is exactly the kind of creative attitude you want. Because if you just, if you, and, and you know, I, I work with, I, I've worked with creative people for many years now, and not everyone's like that. It's, it's still a small group of people that really focus down to, you know, trying to make it as good as possible, no matter how long it takes. You know, right until you have to hand it to the client you're thinking, how can I make this better? And that is a hard way to be. And I wish I was more like it. But anyway, Peggy's the best. Well, and she thought she, you know, she thought she was going to have Megan helping her throughout the night. And Megan comes in saying, oh, you know, Don called, dinner time, sorry. And heads yeah. out. And that we, that we find this is once again a ruse. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. We then find ourselves um, at the end of the line, at the end of the train line for Pete, right? Yeah, yeah, Coscob. Coscob. He is uh, he was trying to get his skis into his car, and I didn't see what car that was, but I'd like to know. So if anyone knows, um, he is uh, struggling to make this happen. And who does he run into, John, but the, uh, the, the, uh, the wife of his train buddy? Yeah, the missus. Who just also happened, happened to be on Gilmore Girls. Oh, really? And to be fair, um, I know that sounds like I was a, girl, a Gilmore Girls closet fan. I was not. No, you, um, were, you were out in the open with that. That's fine. Yeah, I did. I love that show, John. I love it. So many levels. So just so interesting. Um, but yeah, I couldn't get past the fact that she was on Gilmore Girls. Okay. Oh, I, I don't I know about know you. That. I've never seen the show. So oh, I you've never seen her before? No. Oh, John, get it on, get it on the DVD. I, well, with that kind of endorsement, I think I may have to. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so Pete says, oh, you know, you're Beth. And she's, you know, that, that takes her aback. She's like, who, who are you? Yes. And uh, we find out that she's waiting for Howard um, and lock the keys in the car. Uh-oh. And so Pete decides to, you know, agree to drive her home. Little does she know she'll be attacked by his skis. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious, because that would totally happen. And apparently, he is, he is a horrible driver. Yeah, she calls him out on it. Apparently, he just missed. How do you... I don't understand this. How do you miss a stop sign? Have I have you missed, ever missed a stop sign? I have missed several stop signs, John. I mean, ones that aren't covered by trees. I've seen I that. have ones that have been right in front of me. And missed it. Yeah, so I don't drive anymore, John. Okay. okay. I got an accident and totaled a car in that exact <laughs> scenario. <laughs> But so, I mean, but we, what we find out is that, you know, Howard paints a picture of this little woman that, you know, is perfectly content with just having a simple life that's well provided for. And we see that, of course, that's, uh, you know, an erroneous picture to paint. That you know, it's funny. Is. What's that? I actually, got, I actually got a different, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm chewing on an ice cube. 
actually got a different um, feeling from him when he was talking about her. I felt like, and maybe it's just me in my head, but it almost felt like he was he 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 gave the impression that she was just kind of unlikable. You know what I mean? Like there was kind of nothing to really like about her. Oh, I didn't get you know that. what I mean. No, it could have just been in my head, but just the way he acts, you know. So I think that that may be why Pete's surprised to see that she's, you know, very pretty. Well, I think that you could easily assume that by his yeah. actions. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But I mean, we all, you know, we all know that yes, Betty has her problems, but she, you know, she's not hard to look at. Oh wait. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I, she could easily have some of that stuff. Who knows? I mean, she has migraines apparently. So yeah, clearly. But, um, you know, so, so Pete's driving her home, finding out how, you know, she's pretty bummed out about the whole situation. How he's yep. got an apartment. And, you know, Pete doesn't do a very good job of, uh, you know, acting cool here. She, she can see that he knows where he is and who he's with. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so very, very sad, very awkward. And Don't tell your secrets to Pete Campbell, John. No, are you kidding? I never, well, there's a couple I could probably trust him with. Yeah. Uh, and then we go from one awkward to another. You know, Don calls Peggy. It's like, hey, where's Megan? And now now the cat's out of the bag. Now Megan has run away. I don't know. She, you know but she, she's, she's gone out without letting anybody know where she is. And Peggy's in kind of an awkward spot as far as like, uh-oh, where is she? Yeah, I mean, it puts it puts Peggy in a horrible situation when they kind of figure out, oh, wait, she's meeting you. I'm not. I'm at home. You're aware I'm at home. Where's Abe? Bye. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Not, not as funny as Pizza House. <laughs> that, that, was, that was pretty good, too. No, but there, so I feel like uh, 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 her and Don's relationship is, is like leveling out more and more every episode. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, 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 they're like almost merging into the same part. Like she's becoming so much like Don and not really afraid of him, almost an equal. And, and, and he, he's fine with it. Absolutely. Yes, I think he appreciates someone who, who can kind of give it back a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. What, we, find our, we find ourselves then back with uh, I'm Rapey Pete. I know. Did you see people have been calling you out on that? That he's not rapey? Yes. That he didn't rape this person. Well, no, not Beth. I mean, she's right. kind of yeah, she, very consensual she, here. I, yeah, I think if we if we were in a court of law, I think it would be consensual. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he didn't rape someone in the past. Thus, the name still, uh, I think it's still valid. Well, it's, you know, and again, I think that's the whole point is like th- this woman has zero attraction to him. Clearly. You know, Clearly. It's just the fact that she's got a husband who pays zero attention to her needs. She's feeling incredibly depressed. Very neglected, John. Yes, and uh, and this is this is simply the you know, first available. I mean, literally, yeah, the only available right in front of her. Right. Because literally, if you could choose anyone else, you, you would. would. You would. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Even Crane. I, there, I said it. Wow. I know. Are you going to stick to that one? Well, you know, chances are you'd be wearing that Wookiee scarf. And so he'd look, he'd look a little more dapper. Uh, we then get uh, we then flash back to the office quickly, where yeah, Peggy does the whole what? Who's Pizza House? 
she, she just pretends that he called the wrong number. Yeah. Because she doesn't say hello. You know, he just says, he says hello, and then she, that's her first word is pizza house. <laughs> and then she hangs up, and then she's like, F it, I'm going home. Pretty much. I can't do this. Well, and she's very, you know, she's very bothered because now she knows that Megan still isn't there. That's the only yeah. reason he's calling back. And, yeah. uh, and she knows she doesn't know where she is. So, you know, she's, that something happened. It, it, well, it, and you don't want to, you don't want to get in, in the middle of it. No way. You know what I mean? Cause he's going to say, well, where was she going? What restaurant? You know, he's going to have more questions this time. And then, you know, you've just got to be like, oh, I don't know nothing about nothing. Right. And then you're just, oh, it's a mess. Oh, it's just a mess, John. We then get back to uh, Pete, and what was her? What's what's her name? I'm sorry, I keep missing. Oh, this you is say the it. lovely Beth. Beth. We get back with Beth and Pete, and um, do people talk? Do people talk like this, John? You have to. You have to realize where where I'm coming from. I I don't talk at all like this. She starts. She starts saying, "Have you seen those pictures of the Earth from space?" Yeah. And uh, and and Pete says. Uh, yeah, and she, you know, she she talks about how tiny and in, in, insignificant. But I mean, I mean, who talks only in metaphor? I feel like in Mad Men, people talk in like pure metaphor all the time. Yes, thank you, Matt. Is you this something you do, John? In your life, are you speaking in metaphor nearly eighty percent of the time? Oh, I can't afford to. Are you kidding me? Oh no, I'd get sued. Oh well, no, 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 not to obviously not to your patients, John. You speak in just medical jargon. But, you know, in your personal life, uh, in your personal life, I imagine you could possibly pull off 100% metaphor at all times. Except, of course, when you're talking to me. <laughs> no, you're right, actually. Most of, my, most of my conversation is metaphor. Yeah? It's kind of, you know, because you're right. Like that's, isn't that pretty much the only way Don Draper spoke for two seasons? Yeah, only Mad in metaphor. Only yeah, only in metaphor. Do you ever do you, do you ever worry you might slip into talking and in only in similes in which you would have to overuse like and as? No, I, that would put me in too much mall speak. I don't. I don't particularly like. care to. Yeah, do the like. Yeah, like I, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I'm glad we cleared that up. Uh, at the end of this scene with uh, Pete and Beth, we do we do get a, a strong feeling that she would maybe prefer her to him just die. Um, they never see him again. Well, but and John, I think now, th this is kind of a routine thing. This is what happens when people meet Pete, then they feel this way. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I feel dirty, and he's not even a real person. But, John, um, <clears throat> on the other hand, although she doesn't like him, he is what we refer to as a smitten kitten. Oh. Am I right? Yes. Meow. Meow. That guy's a smitten kitten. It's a little embarrassing, if you don't mind me saying. No, yeah, no, Campbell the Smitten Kitten. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, and I think this is where he kind of, once again, fails. You know, he has this, I think he had this, you know, fascination of the whole, you know, person on the side, woman on the side, the excitement. And yet now he's doing the whole falling for her. You know, that's not how that works. Right? But here's the thing, though. I mean, you got a guy that's used to, used to visiting whores. Right. And now he visits this woman. She won't even talk. He should be fine with just walking away. Am I right. right? Come on. Well, not, I mean, I, not, you know, I mean, he rides the train with her husband every day. I mean, uh, what a greasy creeper, John. Right. Seriously, I think Bill Murray said it best. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Bill Murray. It was uh, the guy from Cheers. Woody Harrelson said it best. You don't mow another man's lawn. 
if you say <laughs> I can't imagine that's a Woody Harrelson thing, but all right. King Kingpin, nineteen ninety eight, I think. Anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, we, we we get back. We get back. Uh, Pete Pete gets in the car. He's purely distraught. He tries to comb his hair for like a half a second, and then I think he just looks in the rearview mirror and cries. Um, <clears throat> we then jump back to the Draper household, and uh, Megan gets home and lies and says that she was out for a drink with the uh, with the boys. And that she had lied to Peggy about the dinner, and that's why Peggy didn't know where she was. Oh, right, just so she could get out of work. Right. And to be fair, I thought that was a pretty slick one. That was. It was easily I, believable. Dom's I mean, like, I've done that before. I saw that, and I believed it. And, right, right. And, you know, and it's a great little shot here in the, uh, in the elevator, then the next day on the way up to work, where you have Don in between the two girls, and you know, so everybody had lied to everybody last night. Well, yep. kind of. And, uh, and then Don comes in. The Megster goes to the bathroom, and Peggy, man, just jumps all over. Hey, man, I got no problem with that. If I was Peggy, I would have done the same thing. Well, because, again, she was in an awkward position with the boss. Can't do that. No, incredibly awkward. And uh, this is where Megan tells her that she hates it. She hates it at Sterling Cooper Draper Pride. No matter how good she is at it, she she has fantasies about just you know screwing things up so she can cry and get fired or quit or whatever. And I have to say, like the reaction that Peggy offers is exactly what you'd expect her to react with. You know, there was none of this. Oh, you want to chase your dream? That's so great. Oh, it's so sad that you're not happy here. You know, it's no. What are you doing? You're good at this, and you're taking up a spot. Hey, that's exactly what I would have said. As as the listener knows, as we said in the last episode, John and I have a very Joan Peggy relationship. Of course, John's Joan. I would have said the same thing Peggy said because I'm the Peggy here. And uh, she's totally in the right. And then you know what? And then she tries to explain about, oh, how she wants to be an actress. You know what? I'm Peggy. Who gives a shit? You know what? Fine. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Right, because again, Peggy's the job. You know, that's her. Yeah, she's busting her ass every day. And you're going to tell me that you you don't feel like you like it that much? Right, oh that you want to go act? Yeah, eat it. <laughs> I want to go act, too. I want to go act like I gave a shit about what you're saying. Peace out. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> John, you know, I have a lot of emotions on this, on this program. No, you wear it on your sleeve. That's what the listeners like. They like to know that I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm invested. Yes, we're, just, we're all glad it's a short sleeve. <laughs> Uh, moving on, we're in the uh, we're in Don's office, and we're talking about Cool Whip. Now, did you think that all of them were saying Cool Whip? No, this was not like, a Family Guy episode. Like they, I seriously thought they were all doing that, like Family Guy, because it was hilarious. Do you think they were? Uh, no, I, I don't think they were. I really do, because everyone was doing the whip. Now, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, there's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie, and he's the little baby, is talking about Cool Whip with uh, Brian the dog. And Brian the dog, he's saying, why are you saying it like that? Because most people say Cool Whip. And he was saying Cool Whip. And literally everybody in this scene said Cool Whip. I'm sorry. That's okay. That, that was well done. I, for, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I made me laugh. This is uh, what I thought was fascinating is that, you know, again, we are in 19, the fall of like 1966, right? Uh Uh-huh. 
So uh, either Matt made a mistake, which I doubt, or they're just right on the front end with General Foods because Cool Whip didn't come out until 67. Well, no, that's about right. So, you know, you think that they would be coming up with, like, advertising, you know, four or five months ahead of time? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's, it, it sounded as if they were introducing Cool Whip. Right. So, no, I think that works. Yeah. I think they were right on time. Well, and I think it was just, it was such a great shot because of, you know, even though Megan was clearly upset, the way that they, she fell into this routine just kind of really shows her talent. Right. One of her talents. That exactly. doing this, you know, because the, the little dynamic that they had was spectacular. Spectacular. You know, time. the back and forth, the just taste it, the kind of just the light, the fun of it. And it, I'll and tell just, you what, Don's not too bad at it either. No. And, but just the way that they then contrast this here in a little bit with, uh, you know, with him and Peggy instead. By the way, John, did you notice Stan's socks in this scene? No, I didn't. He's wearing like, <laughs> he's wearing like those old... Uh, 70s like sports socks you know where they got the rings on them oh yeah it's it's hilarious the tube tops I love me some stand or tube socks not tube tops big difference what a, well that there's a huge difference John uh, well done <laughs> thank you uh, the, uh, the, the, the stand is quickly becoming one of my I, I, I feel like finally the people like there is no more douche crew no I mean, it, it literally it literally is housed completely in Crane's office well, no, but he, I mean, he rents some of it out to Pete. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Pete has a summer home there. No, but Ken, you're right. Ken is cool. And then between Ginsburg and Stan, you're right. Yeah. They, they've really done a good job with the personnel decisions. And I think we can thank Joan for that. Thank you, Joan. Well done. Uh, we then uh, see, uh, I believe, Pete go to the uh, phone booth in the lobby and make a call to one Beth. And try to convince her to get to come into the city and meet him for a, uh, what I like to refer to as a sexcapade. Oh, right. Yeah, it's much like the ice capades, but instead of on ice, it's on sex. Wow. Well <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing my best here tonight, John. Oh, I'll tell yeah, you what. You I'm, are doing great. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I, feel as if, I feel as if I put, haven't put in the time or the effort. Uh, I only watched the show once. Um, but if you could just do a little more canned laughter for me, that would really, that would really help out, pal. My pleasure. No, but, you know, I think it's like this is where, um, you know, I guess I just don't quite understand this dynamic. Like she was very forthright in her decision. She's like, yeah. look, you know, I was in a really bad place. You were the only one available. If I'm not mistaken, um, John, she is under the mindset of hit it and quit it. Oh, is that a all right. <laughs> no, I thought this was really fun. Again, you know, maybe maybe we're being way overcritical, but I just thought this was hysterical when he's on the phone and uh Craig, oh, this Craig was walks over. Yeah, what's hilarious? And he opens the door and Pete says, "What?" It's like, "What? You open the door." Oh, he's they so just paranoid. Stare at each other. He's such a paranoid. They're both just they're both such douchebags, but then <laughs> Pete is at this point like losing his ever-loving mind. You because know, because why why he's harassing this this woman who has made it all to the to altogether clear that she could care whether he lives or dies. But then you know, but then like he says in his little mini soliloquy in a few minutes, how you know there, there's always a you know a misplaced word or a thread 
you know, and that's what she does right at the very end of the conversation. You know, she goes, forget about it, leave it alone. Well, fantasize about it because I will too, but oh. can't see each other again, you know, and that's, and then hangs up. Yeah. But, you know, if it wasn't for that last sentence, he probably, well, he probably won't move on. He's Pete. And yeah, but maybe he would get, maybe he, he would get the message, right, if she hadn't given him that little nugget of hope. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. Yes. The yeah. one in a million. He's that yeah. guy. <laughs> His his odds are more Powerball odds, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Like one in one hundred and sixty-four million. That's that's kind of where P. Campbell lies. Clearly, but, uh, and you know what? This is just I'm sorry, real quick. Pete couldn't be making a worse decision here, right? She she rides. Uh, he, her husband rides on the train with him every day, and it's in his neighborhood. Right. And I think she mentions that. Yes. Like I could, I could see your wife and kid at the grocery store. I don't want to do that. And and yet that doesn't sink in. It doesn't seem to deter him at all, at all. He is in New York City, right? There's Big, a, there, there's some other there's women out there. A lot of fish in the sea, in that sea. But no, he has to go pick one next door to his fishbowl, right? Yep. Come on, pal. Pull your head out of your ass. This is insane. Now, I, I, I mean, I guess we'll get to it a little bit more, but there's a couple of people writing in that, like, a lot of this is building up to, to Pete just offing himself. Yeah, I know this has been very, very popular, folks, but I think that's just a, what I like to call a viewer fantasy. None of us would love, <laughs> love more than to see Pete kill himself, but uh, I, don't, I don't think there's no, any but, chance like, of that. A, we need his dynamic. Because, you know, Crane is just kind of an He's idiot. a worthless human, yeah. He's worthless. He's an idiot. You know, and, yeah. and like you said, almost everybody else is really quite likable. I mean, we actually have to have this kind of agitation to really oh, yeah. push things forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, honestly, he's one of the biggest characters on the show, Pete. Right. I mean, Crane is kind of the Waldorf salad of this buffet. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was proud of that. <laughs> Moving on, we, uh, we, 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 uh, we, uh, it's the middle of the night, John, and, uh, Megan, Megan has decided, you know what, it's 3 a.m., I need to get this, I need to, I need to clear the air, I, I do, so she wakes Don up to tell him that she needs to be an actress, Yeah, and I gotta say, I think Don handled it pretty well. Do you think this is why she waited till 3 a.m., hoping that, like... You know, just being completely groggy would dull his reaction. Like, he, she would just get the response of, yeah, whatever, shut up. Pretty I'm much. Going back to sleep. Yeah. I, brilliance. Brilliance. Uh, so, I mean, he, but he's not altogether, like, on board, though. No. He, he says, you know, we don't always get to pick what we're good at, and you're actually really good at this. And she says, yeah, I know, but I just don't want to do it. And he's like, if it... If it has to do with being, like, I understand being in the same office is an issue, but we can get you a job at another agency, and, you know, any of them would be happy to have you. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, those are sweet things to say, because he really does have a lot of faith, and he, he, he believes in her, uh, that she can do this. Um, so he's, I, and I think, like, most people, like, if you're good at something, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that you wouldn't want to do it, you know? But, uh, but she doesn't. She is... She is steadfast in saying, "I'd rather fail as an actress than succeed as a um, as an ad, 
as an ad woman. Yeah. And, you know, and I, think, yeah, I think a little bit of that, it, as um, they said on the little behind-the-scenes thing, that, you know, part of that is, you, you know, you can't necessarily take it personally, but I think anybody would, you know, because this is what he does. This is his life. Oh, sure, sure. And for her to just kind of turn heel on it, you know, probably feels a little bit like turning on him. But, a little bit uh, of a slap in the face yeah. to say, I hate what you do. But he, you know, there's no, there's no uh, up in arms. There's no arguing. He, once she really makes her strong case, he says, you know, great. Do what, do what you want to do. I got to say one thing I noticed in this scene. Yep. Zero makeup on her. Right. Zero. As there would be at 3 a.m. As there would be at that time of night. And, uh, you know, I thought it was, it's, uh, you know, it's just, isn't that sad? You know, even God was a little sad that she was quitting because it's raining out. Which really? Lets us Wait, who said that? Is that is that just your is that just your observation? Well, when they come in the next day, because she's wearing like. What but did is, but did somebody say that? What same somebody say what? That God was sad. No, no, that was my observation. <laughs> okay, all right, there we go. No, you're right, John. That that the rain jacket that she's wearing looks as if it could be also a fallout jacket. I am serious. That thing looks like it weighs a hundred pounds. It does, right? I think she's a little shorter in this scene. Yeah. Because of it. No, it's compressing her spine. <laughs> Clearly. No, but she is extremely upset uh, to, to come in and, and have to uh, quit like this, um, which I'm not, quite, I'm not quite sure about because I can tell you this. If, if I absolutely hated what I was doing, uh, I think I might not be in tears when I quit. I might fake a little, ah, oh, shucks. But um, I certainly wouldn't be as... Um, torn up about it as she seems to come across here well i think there's a lot of different reasons why people hate what they're doing i mean you hate what you're doing because you work with you know crummy people oh sure or you hate what you're doing because you just you're you're struggling to get through every day because you're doing it to make a paycheck and right. neither one of those things are necessarily true with her you know right. she works with good people pretty much and she's good at it you know she she has a skill for it so I can see where, you know, she's simply choosing one thing over this. I can see why that would be tough. Well, and, and to be fair, as we just did earlier in the episode, you have to, you know, when she tells people that she's going into acting, they're going to scoff. They're going to judge her. Oh, as, they're gonna as be they like, do right now, yes. Yeah, like that's stupid. Um, or they're going to say, you're just quitting because you owe me $15. <laughs> well, I, thought that, I thought that was really funny that, like, she, <laughs> that she was tells so funny. them why she's quitting. And yet neither of the guys even hears that. Yeah. You know, they just, they come up with their own reasons as soon as she walks out of the room. You know, and, and but, obviously Don's very upset too when he goes to talk to Joan about it. You know, right. What do we do? How does this work? Uh, you know, just kind of Joan being Joan, very smooth, very calm. I got it. It's you know, okay. and it's probably, it was probably one of those things for Don where he was so excited to, she, to see how, like, how good she was at this, right? And he probably had this fantasy of them being like this advertising power couple. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like of being this, you know, you know, just kind of taken over um, as being like this creative force that is also, you know, uh, married, which is, you know, like, I don't want to say Ray and Charles Eames-esque because it's completely different, but, you know, that kind of thing. It, all, it always seems very romantic to have that kind of, um, that kind of partnership. Sure. Right? Sure. Uh, but when she does announce it to uh, Stan 
and uh, Ginsburg, uh, Peggy has to yell at them to listen, which I find hilarious. What do you think of uh, Ginsburg's response, though? He's like, oh, oh it's fascinating. Awesome. Which, which is, I, maybe I love Ginsburg because in my head, I think we might be similar people. <laughs> because I've often had this same thought, which is like, do you get to keep the stuff they give you? Or do you have to give it back? Or how does that work? Because here's the thing, John, on our local news, I don't know if anyone here, um, uh, Kate and I watch uh, the NBC station, uh, uh, News 4 New York, Channel 4, right? And there's a weather, uh, the weather woman on that show. Her name is Janice Huff. We absolutely are, are in love with her, okay? But she dresses so um, maybe unusual or a little slap, a little uh, haphazardly. That okay. constantly we're saying, why do they let her dress herself? Uh, it's usually very awkward. And so th- these are things I think about. Okay. I know that she's not going to be a weather girl. I'm just saying, in the entertainment, in the TV industry, you think that, you think that they just give you clothes so you look great. But that's not, not always true. Not always true. Not always true. I, I feel like I completely derailed. That's okay. What I did like is uh, once she walks out, you know, a little tearful, she goes to tell Joan... Uh, you know, the Stan's comment, I, I kind of saw that, you know, like when they were saying, why did she quit? And he comes up with reality hitter. You know, you work hard. You work for a long time. And what do you get? You get a bait bean client. Oh, know? yeah. And that that uh, maybe isn't satisfying to everybody. But here's the thing, though, though. If you if you would say that thing, like, in, like uh, Peggy shot him a look after that. Like, that's. But that's that's what we do, and that should be enough. You know what I mean? But I think it was also kind of a questioning thing that Peggy was like, wow, that's that's also true. No, I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. I think for Peggy that was like, what what are you talking about? Like you should, no, that's what we do and that's what we that's what we work for. It doesn't matter if it's beans, you know? It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's if it's gravel. Right. Like we the, the it's not it's not the thing. It's or the work. But, you know, it's the work. It's not the thing. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. So, so it doesn't matter what it is. And it's just, I think that's interesting, you know, that Peggy is so focused and secure, at least on her work side, you know, that, uh, that that's exactly kind of what she is and what she does and is good at it. And then we go, go in and get to see Pete launch into his little self-loathing. Um, oh, my God. Speakly, speaking of compro- completely derailing... Right? This is this is where it gets a little frightening. Pete is so like, cra- like straight up cray in this scene. I mean, for 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 all purposes, uh, Crane doesn't even need to be there. No, you're right. You're right. You know? actually that's what it felt like. It yeah. really felt like this was a monologue. Like, why are you here? Right. Um, uh, Crane completely again. What? Maybe I am Crane now that I think about it. Wait, you're, Complete- you're Crane instead of Peggy? <laughs> I, well, you're right. Well, I'm a combination. Uh, because Crane is so kind of just like one-sided in well, the way he's talking. You know, like it's very not... Like Crane does not speak in metaphor, right? Right. Crane, Crane is just kind of... He couldn't just, understand a metaphor. Exactly. He's your village idiot kind of guy. Right. Um, whereas Pete here is speaking in like... Like he's on a... He's, he, he's, like, he's like two chapters back. You know what I mean? Like it's just he's he's deep inside of this thing. He's in his own head. 
and he's asking stupid questions like he's in junior high. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It is, this is it. Why do they get to decide? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, You're an idiot. He is. He is. It, you know, he has Crane about the whole pictures from space of the Earth. Like, really? Yeah, what's Crane going to say to that? He says he finds them majestic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen them. Yes. So what? Exactly. I don't think about them any further than the fact that they're a two-dimensional photo in front of my face. But you know, God, I could use a donut. And, and that's where he goes. He heads off <laughs> to the pantry. Uh, but you know, and we see kind of Pete just brooding very darkly as Crane walks out. Yeah, and uh, very and Don, dark. You know, Don goes to see Megan off. She's off to lunch with some of the girls. And, you know, he tells her, you know, don't come back. You don't want to say goodbye to people a second time. Yeah. I'll take care of your box. She says thank you in a very nice little kiss goodbye. And then, uh, you know, I think this was another thing people kind of gravitated to as far as the darkness was that Don decides to hit the elevator. And yeah. the door opens and there's no elevator. Yeah, it's weird. And so, you know, he's looking down. And uh, my thought initially was that, you know, Pete is going to pursue this Beth thing way too far. Howard's going to find out. They're going to fight in the lobby. Pete's going to try and run away and just dive in the elevator, and there will be no elevator. Ah. Oh, you, so you saw this as more like a foreshadowing kind of thing. Like oh, th this oh. is a... Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that, John. Because yeah. honestly, I was so completely lost by this. Because I'm like, is this... Is this I mean, and I... Sorry, folks. I don't mean to overuse the word metaphor. But is this... There's some kind of meaning behind, like... There being this empty space. Oh, that there was no elevator? There was no car? Yeah, just the fact that you're looking into this empty space, right? Like, is that what it is? I, I, yeah, I don't know. There I was, guess there, so. But I feel like this was, this was a painfully obvious... There was a meaning behind this, right? Right. And I am completely clueless on what it is. Now, this is much to the... This is very similar to the... the uh, when... Um, when uh, Cosgrove was telling his story about the robot and the bolt, yeah. I feel like our listeners are going to have some good insight for me on this one because this guy, I, I, I like your foreshadowing idea, but I also think there's some kind of like, some kind of void, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of something here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could just see like if there is, again, I can't really see them axing anybody off of this show. You can't lose Pete. I mean, you can't. I mean, I, and, and, and to be fair, as much as we would love to see Pete die, I think Crane, if they could, if they could kill off anybody, it, it could easily be Crane. Well, it was supposed to be Crane. Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be Crane. He was supposed to kill himself after the first season. And we're all wondering what happened. Why they didn't do that. <laughs> and uh, so, so anyways, he, he thankfully doesn't fall in. And we get back into his office, and we see the guys come in, and apparently, uh, Le, uh, what is it, Chevalier Blanc has come up with a song. They're the ones that picked it, and they play it no, on no, this no. little did, high five. Wait, did they pick? No, no, no. I thought this was something that they had, they had found that they were going to show to them. No, no, no. The, the people sent it over. Oh, because it's not even close. Right. But it was, but it was their suggestion. Okay. Uh, best part of the scene. Uh, number one, uh, Kate commented on how <laughs> needlessly tight Stan's pants are all the time. <laughs> a, a lot of times they are. <laughs> Just needlessly, needlessly a little, uh, a little uncomfortable. Um, and then also, does, uh, does, 
Does does Gonzo drop the f bomb? He does. <laughs> it's, I think he says it's stabbing me in my effing chest. <laughs> it was altogether a horrible song. Like it couldn't have been further from anything relevant. Well, that's what that's what that's what uh, Ginsburg says. He's like, look, it's it's thirty years old. At best, I love how I love how uh, Cosgrove is kind of standing there doing the old man like snap. Oh, yeah, yeah. I found my purpose. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you just make a reference to uh... the jerk? The jerk. <laughs> I did. moving on. But so we, you know, now now that everybody knows Megan's out, it's done. You know, Ken's like, look, you know, you guys had that great bits, but. Whatever. We don't have to do it. We can cancel. Yeah. Don's like, no way, man. Peggy's going to do it. So I don't I felt right then, maybe not a good... You had to see that going bad. Right? I mean, from right when he said that, there's no way that went well. Yeah, well, you knew it wasn't going to go as well as when, you know, the actress and Don did it. Yeah. I mean, you've got Peggy. She's pretty much... She, like, a lot of times, I'm, I'm just waiting for Peggy to pull out, like, an old man cigar... And, you know, talk with a raspy voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she's one of the guys. Like, All right. clearly. So, yeah, this, this, you're, you're, you're completely right. This had no option but to fail. And then we see, then we see Pete really turn the crazy needle towards 11. Oh, this my God, John. Just, I mean, who, who, who does this? No one, no one. There's not not like the not like the biggest player, not like the low. You know, nobody would set this up. Like, hey, why don't we head over to your place? You know, the life insurance thing. Yeah. It's funny. So I was on the train from Annapolis, Maryland, when this was on, and I thought I heard a collective viewing audience scream "No" uh, from inside the train, but it was coming from clearly the outside, and I think it must have been at this scene. Every, I mean, how you could not just cringe in terror when he's when he starts saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't I just come over to your place, and uh, you know, sign some papers and meet your wife and maybe proposition her while you're in the other room and give her money like she's a whore." Yeah, every everybody's like, "Ah, oh God, no, oh God." There was a lot of that. I could, I, 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 I could hear it in the metal tube. <laughs> We, uh, we, th- thankfully, before we have to see that, we get to go back to, uh, uh, just Cooper Draper Price. And, uh, Joan is talking to Peggy about how she's seen it a hundred times, John. This is just what happens. They marry these, they, they marry these, uh, secretaries and then they realize that after they have to, after they have to work a little bit, they certainly don't. And then they can just go be ladies of leisure, John. And, and, and Peggy, uh, and Peggy stands, says no. Yeah, I don't. I what I love is Peggy's like, you know what? I think she's just one of those girls that's good at everything. <laughs> oh God! Do you meet a lot of those? Uh, well, other than Kate, no, I don't. Uh, I don't meet a lot of girls that are good at everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Peggy believes that, and from what we've seen, she she might be right. Well, Peggy has, you know, a little introspection. You know, was she too hard on her? Did she scare her away? And I think everybody can safely answer that with no. You know, no. She, she was fantastic. She she educated. She taught. You know, she she really embraced her when she could have easily, you know, thrown the cold shoulder. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was nice to see that she even had that concern at this point. You know, where, where is Joan? I think a little more jaded. Has oh, definitely. A little bit more. Definitely. And, well, because cause Joan has been specifically burned by this, right? She was supposed to end up with Roger. No. Like, if, no, you, no, no, no. If Roger was going to leave her with his wife, it was supposed to be for her, not for Jane. <coughs> Oh right! I feel like right. I feel like we've made they've made that very clear. So of course, I mean, it, it does make sense that she would be a bit more bitter about this because she was supposed to be one of those ladies of leisure, and it has not worked out time upon time again. Wait, but he couldn't he couldn't leave for Joan was already married by the time he left. No, 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 no. When when Joan, no, no, no. She was still she. I, you're right. She was she was possibly dating him. But the thing is, is that Roger never made... I mean, there was plenty of time for Roger to, to make that move to, toward her. Right. And then after they stopped dating, he just married Jane out of nowhere. Right. That's all I'm getting at. Gotcha. We then, uh, we then get... You're just trying to avoid the inevitable. Of I am, John. I am trying to delay the fact that we are now in Creepy Pete, Rapey Pete, Scary Pete, Freaky Pete... Crazy Pete, stupid I, Pete, land. I think uh, I'm at I'm at minute thirty six forty five where Beth walks out to see who she thinks is going to be her husband, but he's being accompanied by Creepy Pete. And, oh my! And the, I, the face, I, listen, the I don't want to change his name. Oh, it's just it's it's just horrified. I think we can call that face the Campbell because okay, is what she we, got Campbell. This is our yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the universal face. You could put this on like a postcard or something, and people would know. Oh, you could put this on the dollar bill. Pete Campbell. Yes. Uh, now listen, folks. I don't want to start calling Rapey Pete Creepy Pete because I feel as if Rapey Pete is has worked its way into the modern lexicon. And I mean, you know, technically he's still a rapist, uh, <laughs> but. Getting Campbelled, that I will get behind. Um, so as we mentioned before, um, our buddy, our train buddy here goes to the uh, other room to get some papers, and Pete just goes for it. And you have to give him that. The ball's on this guy. Straight, at, it, 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 brass balls, John. I mean, they are clinking when he walks. Yeah, this he pull, is insane. Pulled out a wad of money. Yeah. Makes that with her. Meet me at the uh, the Mayfa. I don't know what hotel it was. Right. But it right. was, that was insane, man. And uh, is, it, is it then right away in the next scene where we see that, uh, no, 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 it's not. Um, but any, anyway, uh, so he does that. All of a sudden, she, she grabs her husband and they go into the kitchen. And I think for a second, Pete's a bit concerned. Shit might go bad. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, she, she's going to tell Howard yeah. about me, and then he's going to kick my ass because there's no one that can't beat me up. Exactly. I'm literally, I'm literally a turd worm. Uh, and so he goes to grab his coat and disappear, <laughs> and then he comes out and says, the least you, you got me in trouble with the missus. The least you can do is stay and hear me out. And he's like, oh, my God, uh, I'm going to have to change my pants, though, because I shit them. Right, right. You, and you see him kind of just reach behind and grab to feel... <laughs> but 
I, you know, I think that it's it, it's just it's great how they go back and forth, how they juxtapose different scenes because you see this social situation that's falling apart in Pete's world, and then you come back to Don. You know, he walks in, Megan's there, uh, making up something, who knows what, in, in I, the kitchen. You know, they're both they both seem just very at peace right now. I believe it was Beef Stroganoff. But, I, but I, I, I will say this, John. This is as happy as we've seen her. And the thing is, and I think the thing that Don appreciates here, is that after the episode from the Hojo, where they were having issues, mainly based on their work life together, that this could be a really good thing. You know what I mean? Uh, to kind of, you know, have their own space a little bit. And what makes her happy will make him happy. I think that's the thought. Am I right? Yeah. And so uh, what, 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 I, what, I, what I love here is she tells him to make his own drink. Well, you make yourself a drink. Right. Whereas I, I, I believe when, uh, when he used to go home to Betty, uh, you know, he just sat down and she just started bringing stuff to him. Like, it's a, it's a much more modern relationship these two have. Mo- modern, like, 66 modern or modern up to now? I think just modern is that they're both on a similar level. All right. You know, no? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I just don't know. Do you think that's too far advanced for that time? Do you think oh, I don't know, Johnny. At that time. As I've mentioned a few times before, I, I, I was not alive in the 60s. But apparently, uh, Mr. Belding was. <laughs> oh, God, you're good. John, I got, I'm going to say it right here. And I know, you know, people don't like it when I stop the show like this. But you have really become an amazing radio presence. Your segues are second to none, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Thank that was you. incredible. I've put a lot of, into this. I, don't, I haven't put quite as much into it as apparently Mr. Belding did. This True. is a big dude now. now. I mean, you know, we've seen the skill that they have with the fat suits. So perhaps he just borrowed this from Betty. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I'm not thinking that at all. I think Mr. Belding has had a hard time since Saved by the Bell. Folks, for those of you that don't understand the Mr. Belding reference, when John and I were growing up, there was a show on the television that was life-changing. It was called Saved by the Bell, and it was a group of ragtag teens at Bayside High just going through life together and having a great time. It was on forever. Their, their principal was Mr. Belding. And uh, they had a special relationship. Zach Morris and Mr. Belding were, you know, cat and mouse in it, Tom and Jerry, if you will. But they had a mutual respect that we all could appreciate, John. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was on forever. They, they started when those kids were in grade school and uh, oh, followed yeah. them all the way through. Remember, Haley Mills was on the first yeah. season. I don't know if folks remember that. Yeah, Miss Bliss. Haley Mills' last paying acting job, I believe. I, I actually think that's probably true. I think she OD'd right after season one, John. But anyways, we're, we're, we're digressing into a really wonderful place. But in a weird place. Yeah. That got weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. But so we're in the test kitchen, which I think you know, fits in with what we were saying, that this is a brand new product. This is you know, something they're still uh, getting figured out. This is going to be on the market within the year. And um, they're, they're in the test kitchen. It's got uh, Ken Cosgrove as well as Peggy and Don. Mm-hmm. And then... Apparently, the head of desserts is what Mr. Belding is, and comes in, and they want to do the little bit. You know, they've got the whole thing skidded out. They know that they're going to cast actors, but, yeah. you know, they wanted a little taste of what this is going to be like. Right, what you can expect. And, and as we mentioned before, when, when, uh, when Don and Megan did it, it sounded really great. Like, it really worked. 
Now, when Peggy and Don do it, it falls apart. And it's not all Peggy's fault. It's no. partly Don's fault. Yeah. He is he is distracted by the whole thing. He is kind of he's definitely feeling um, that uh, you know uh, this is going to flop without Megan. And then uh, Peggy apparently has no patience whatsoever, <laughs> and really just gets actually mad. Well, but um, but she blew the she blew it like she got it wrong oh, from the start. Oh right, she said the wrong line. Right. Was it supposed to be just taste it? It's supposed to be just taste it. And, and she, she was she said just eat it. No, well, yeah, she, she was saying just try it. Oh, just try it. And so she she got it wrong from the start. And uh, and and Don, you know, I mean, considering that line is the whole point, just taste true. it is like the whole point of what we're, they're doing. You know, he has to try and firmly guide her towards that, and it just fails. And and Belding has to go back and yell at Slater or something. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was it was a plane crashing into a train wreck, for sure. Yeah, and you know Co- Co- I like how Cosgrove tries to just slough it off. He's like, "Well, yeah. hey, boy, am I thirsty?" That was fantastic. <laughs> he does do a lot of that. Oh, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty. It was it was it was pretty bad. Uh, we then and is this kind of the end of the episode? No, I guess it's not. Uh, we we kind of find ourselves in Don's. Oh no no no! Then we go to the hotel room. Wait 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 wait! Before oh here oh. right now no so after Belding walks out you forget like the little argument they have. Oh like well no I thought we kind of covered that but yeah they get into a shouting match John. Well and the, and the way that you know Peggy goes you you know you're not at me so just shut up and scream like you know oh I know it it was great at him with it you know you you could never fathom that she would speak to him anything like that in any of the last seasons all the way up to this season. I know it. And I think that just really illustrates what you had said earlier about, you know, them, you know, talk about equaling out. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's not like he threatens to fire her or anything. Right. They're just, you know, I mean, I, I, th- I think I think he knows, too, that he was not he, he was not selling it either. Right. You know, but it is funny because there's still a woman from is it General Foods? Yeah. In the room. <laughs> yeah. Holding the clipboard, listening to them scream at each other. Right, right. I just, it, I, that was that was pretty funny. But yeah, you were. Then we go to the hotel. Oh my god, this is great. And I kind of so Pete's sitting in the room by himself, uh, uh, completely. In, I, I I don't know why he thought this would happen, but he's sitting there with a bottle of champagne and a glass, and uh, she is not showing up. John Beth is. Beth has been spitting the truth this whole time. You know what? She's not into it, man. Back off. That's right. I don't know. I know the time frame wouldn't fit right, but I just kept thinking that, like the uh, the, the musical background uh, was it was it uh, the hidden track on Weezer all by myself? <laughs> no, that was Green Day. Oh, Green Day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I was I alone. Would, you know, when no one was watching. He, yeah. He's all by himself. Well, but I don't think it was. I I think that was about something else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, hey, which he he probably did while he was waiting, but uh, he, uh, he gets angry and throws his glass at the wall because that's the kind of guy he is. And I love it because I, it was like the wussiest throw. It was yeah. like an underhand, like eh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know he's he uh, well you know he's from he he grew up in the city, John. He doesn't learn how to throw a baseball correctly. That's or funny. anything. Clearly, yeah. uh, but you know, they—I they, I, thought—I thought the way they shot it was kind of good, though, because 
um, you kind of believe, like, because they, cause they kind of follow him to the door, and it all kind of happens a, 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 a bit slow enough that you think when he opens the door, she might be there. Right. Like, you know, very movie style. Oh, yeah. So they did a great job with that. And they got and, the flowers uh, were right there next to oh, the yeah. door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it could, you know, it could have been, it, it could have been magic. Um, but, of course, it wasn't. Pete Campbell's involved here. And the fact that he, like, seriously rode the crazy train all the way to her house. With her Come husband. On. With her husband. This is insane. After she told him to, like, you know, n- never talk to her again. This, this felt uh, almost out of character, though. Like, this felt too much. These extremes that Matt is pushing the characters to are almost too extreme, I feel like, a lot of times. I feel like throughout this season, we have, we have, or I have said that over and over, that these extremes feel too extreme. And do you think that there's a little bit of intention with that, just because that this is season five? You know, and, and the whole thing about, you know, anything in the world of entertainment is when you introduce the characters, you know, that right there is enough to grab you and keep you interested. But we really haven't had much in the way of new characters. You know, now it's all about story. And in order to keep you engaged, perhaps he's trying to really push those extremes. Yeah, but you know, one thing I liked about the first season, and maybe it's just because I find it a bit more interesting, but they did a little bit more with the business. You know right. what I mean? A little yeah. bit more with the campaigns. And we get a little taste of that, but the show continues to kind of spiral into soap opera. You know what I mean? Right. Especially with what Pete's doing here. This is this this whole little storyline, this episode, is much more so, uh, soap opera than anything else. Absolutely. Like, and, that's what, and, and I think that's what, that's what that extreme is. Not only is Pete acting in an extreme way... He's pushed the storyline into just extreme soap opera space, where as if you almost feel like they should be uh, between each line looking at each other in long pauses and having a boom, boom, boom behind them. Like, it's, it's, it's almost too much, man. You think that's going to only get worse as we go forward? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think what's good is, you know, the other characters can balance it out, and there is... Um, you know, they, they always do have the, you know, the, I don't know, uh, you know, the, the other player on the team, which is the, the time, you know, like the 60s. Yeah. Which I think helps that a little bit. Okay. Like, there's always that other character, which is just the, 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 uh, the, the time in which this all takes place. But, uh. But yeah, I hope it doesn't get. I, I hope it doesn't get any more, kind of soap opera because it's it's. I feel like it's always kind of been a like when 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 I hear people talk about Mad Men in in a way that's not, um, uh, you know, loving. <laughs> it's always that. It's always like, oh, it's just a soap opera. And I think I mean it's clearly better than that. Obviously, if you've seen a soap opera, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's be fair. But uh, you know, it it, it, it anyway. We've we spent too long on that. We get back to Don's office, and it's after the Cool Whip disaster. Whip disaster. And uh, he's laying on the couch, I think, just kind of having a good think about what has happened. And uh, and Roger pulls in for a little bit of advice, John. Yeah, 
you thought this was do you do you feel like this is um you know this is still kind of post acid i mean it really feels like they've done a lot with roger's character since then as far as just making him a little bit less cynical and more well i mean is it is it is it outside the is it outside the realm of possibility that that could have had a positive effect on him not at all well there you go all right but yeah it's you know it's a little talk gives him a little bit of advice says look you know go home make it a routine so yeah. that you know you and her have time together it's a you know less a less chance either of you will get in trouble and uh, that he had gotten that advice from Mona's dad and look how that worked uh, yeah and i think you know i think there's definitely a, a chance here an opportunity with you know Megan being more involved with although i don't know why why does she have to go at night if she's no longer employed this is what i didn't understand <sighs> those kind of classes are always at night man is that right you know what you know listen i know we have a lot of actors that listen to this show i don't know that uh <laughs> but but those people are creepy and so they probably do it at night so they can you know be even creepier but uh you know so don does go home and he gets there right before right as she's heading out the door and you know she's like look i know we were talking if you feel like you're out of touch here's the newest beatles album enjoy and she tells him to start on this one which is tomorrow never knows off of the revolver album which was put out earlier that year in 1966 oh yeah yeah as a 14 song album with such hits as yellow submarine eleanor rigby oh really yeah i you know here's the thing folks i don't know if you know this i'm one of the few people on the planet that don't particularly I, I, I'm not a Beatles fan, let's say. I don't have a problem with them, but I don't buy all their albums. But I gotta say, this song was really, uh, I feel like we really have a modern song. Like, especially at that time. I'm surprised Don didn't just turn it off. But, uh, he does. No, 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 but I'm, he sat down. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't turn it off immediately. Because so- it's it's... You know, and it, it launches us into like a little montage, and I, uh, you know, we got we got Peggy and Stan at work, and we got Pete heading home, and uh, he sees Beth in the car, and what do we get? But a little heart. Oh yeah, you know what? F that man. Like, you're. I mean, I guess you know, in a way, Pete's complaint is right. Like she is kind of clearly like messing with him right and i think it's clearly she is just messing with him for fun right she needs something to do yeah um and to do that to but here's the thing like that that all i don't know maybe people are this crazy in real life i don't know but i mean he he came to your house with your husband and then propositioned you as if you were a whore um i may not be drawing hearts on the window right Right? Like, this guy's a loose cannon. We've seen this. And, and as she's pulling away with her husband, you know, he's got that really just kind of desperate, uh, miserable look that he has perfected. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even care that you're in the car right now. Are you? Right. Yeah, like that, yeah, like that kind of thing. I, I don't even see you. No, well, no. I, I think it's more like, you know, why can't I get this to work? You know, it's just my life is miserable. Oh really? I I definitely think he his 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 kind of uh, attitude is more like I don't even care if I see you. You know what I mean? What to her? Yeah. Oh no way. No, oh. I I have to very disagree because you know he holds that gaze well after they've pulled away. Oh, I think we're talking about different people. Okay. I'm talking about her husband. Her husband. 
Yeah. I didn't even see him give any kind of look. N- well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that was a that was a fun merry-go-round. Man, can we edit that out? Now, here's, here's edit- all I know. If all you have to do is lie on the floor, then sign me up for acting. What the hell? <laughs> oh no, it's so funny. We're watching this, and I'm like, man, you know, if you were, if you were, if you were in New York and an actor in the '60s, then you just would have been. I feel like it just would have been an extreme amount of face paint. You know what I mean? Like every role you would get would just your face would be covered in face paint, and it's just different, different like facety, stupid drawings on your face. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's just the. Oh man, I, like being an actor in the theater has got to be the most horrible thing because it, you know everybody's so everybody's so like stupid and uh sorry carl and uh <clears throat> and kind of uh you know <laughs> fake you know yeah uh and i feel like it was only magnified in the 60s i don't know but then again as i mentioned i wasn't there but it just feels that way to me i'm you know what Moving on. Don, uh, then eventually, he doesn't let the song finish. Uh, you're right. He does, he does stop the song and kind of head off to bed. Um, but, you know, I didn't get a bad feeling from that. No. I feel like he listened to a lot of the song, and he, he, he could definitely be, um, you know, he doesn't have to like it, but he could start to, under, he could start to um, at least experience it a bit more. And I think he's a smart guy. He should know that he's in advertising. He deals with the, you know, he's dealing with talking to the public. And if the public is changing, he needs to realize how to, he, he needs to know how to talk to that. Absolutely. I thought one of the listeners that wrote in thought it was pretty neat that said, you know, Don, Don turns it off and goes to bed. But as soon as the credits start, the music breaks right back in because you can't stop tomorrow. Oh, nice. Did somebody say that? Yeah. Who was that? Oh no! You win. Well, listen. We're sending you a Madman Recap T-shirt. Just send us your address, and <laughs> whenever those get made up, whenever those ever never get made up, we'll send you. We'll send you two. Uh, no, I loved how they hit it because it goes black, and the music doesn't start until Matt Weiner's name comes up. Yeah, which it, it made it like extra. I don't know. I I, lo- I love how they nailed it right then because they could have done it right when it went black. But they waited until the name popped up, so you get like a visual punch and the audio punch at the same time, mm-hmm. which I loved. And that, that that comment was from our friend Dan on the Facebook. Oh, Dan! Oh, his name's Dan. Yeah. So we're not we're not sending T-shirts out to Dan's. Oh. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know what a coincidence. That's that's an odd. That's oh, a, oh, oh. That, that's a bad. That is, that's some bad luck. That is that is really bad luck, buddy. <laughs> Man. I want to, too. Don't you, John? Could you make an exception? No, we made that rule when we started the show. We said, listen, if we ever have swag, we'll send it to anybody with a good comment unless their name is Dan. So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, buddy. Uh, And that's the end of the show, folks. Well done, John. Great show. Oh, I felt like it was. You know, I I, I thought I read somewhere that someone thought this was a filler episode, but I don't think so at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. No, it was very good. That was... I, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think, well, I thought somebody, some people were saying like, you know, the whole Peggy, the Peggy, the whole Megan acting oh, thing. Oh, oh, was, oh what? Uh, I, I caught myself. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't count. Uh, okay. But the whole, the whole Megan acting thing kind of just ate up the overwhelming majority, which I, I really don't agree. I felt like the 
the peat thing was equally heavy in this, if not more. At and the peat thing was better, certainly. Was so creepy. But, um, yeah, so the, the, uh, the, show was, the show was good. I thought the show... And, again, that, that's the uh, amazing thing about this is that as much as we can do every show, there's so much more that we don't do. I mean, there wasn't a ton with Roger or Joan. There was zero okay. Sally... You know, I don't even know if Betty's coming back this season. We haven't seen Lane Price. We haven't seen Lane? Since he beat the shit out of Pete. Right. Which is too bad because, man, I was riding high on the Lane wave. Yeah, that was that was great. I so, loved that. You know, I mean, we got... Uh, I guess that's the thing is they can always do so much with this show even if you don't... You know, if you move one storyline a little bit farther forward, there's four more waiting to get something. Yeah, totally, totally. John... Uh, we've taken a long time, so I want to start up. I know we don't have a ton of mailbag to get through, but I want to, I want to do it. All right. Ba-da-ba-da-boo. Hey, uh, this, was, this was great. We got a bunch of really good emails. One from our friend Jane says, hey Guys, this, re- this week's recap was terrific, as they all are. The podcast always makes Wednesday something to look forward to. One bit of trivia for you in reference to Sally calling her grandma Bluto, referring to big fat bully Bluto, Popeye the Sailor's great nemesis. Popeye cartoons and the comic books were a staple of the early 60s, and Sally nailed the description. Thanks, Jane. She sent in a couple of pictures that I then posted on the Facebook, so check those out. And I thought it was funny because you and I actually did talk about this like immediately before we started recording, but apparently we did not mention the fact that, yes, it was a Popeye character. Uh, And and in fact, the next email from Dina, or one of the emails from her, says Bluto had nothing to do with the Animal House character, which you really decided to get on a kick about. Come on, man. Belushi wasn't even born yet. Oh, Um, everybody relax. What the F? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But yes, the the whole rival for olive oil in the Popeye cartoon uh, that Henry's mother does look like a female Bluto. So I think they got it right. Uh, Also, did you notice that Henry's mother and the Heinz Geiger uh, woman look alike? I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree Uh, with that either. um, And then she now uh, now she switches over to uh, Pete. And says now he's added stalking to his sex offender repertoire. Should his nickname just be Creepy Pete, or the Cos Cobb Offender? He's building up quite a skill set. <laughs> the Cos Cobb. What? <laughs> oh, the Cos Cobb. All right. Yeah. No, I was wondering at a at a point, uh, uh, Pete's gonna have to go around to every house house and alert them that there's a sex offender in their neighborhood, and it is him. Yeah, that, that, that's coming soon. Uh, right. And the last question was, how did Principal Belding get so fat? I think being, you know, being the head of desserts probably helped. You know, beer and donuts will do that to you. <laughs> I mean, uh, look at me. I look like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> That's how I did it. Oh, you, you paint such a beautiful picture of yourself. I do, yeah. Uh, John writes in. John says, Abe's just a little too unsettled about something, and he wants to move in with Peggy right away. He thinks something happened to Abe's financial situation. And so oh. he's going to start sponging off Peggy or oh, something that's like a that. Good, I like that. And, you know, he is like, what, a beatnik underground writer that doesn't get paid, really? Oh, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's altogether worthless. You're right. Uh, but, I mean, do you see that where, where Abe just kind of becomes a, uh, a good for nothing? Uh, I agree that, yeah, maybe something could have happened to his finances. But I don't think he's a good for nothing. He certainly has a lot of, uh, he has a lot of spirit. So uh, he may not have any money, but he certainly will be doing things. All right, all right. Uh, we get one from our friend Aisha in Portland. Uh, writes in, so Megan's big secret is revealed, big whoop. She wants to act, so what? Uh, what I found most interesting about this episode was that the Cool Whip boss was Mr. Belling from Saved by the Bell, <laughs> and he was enormous. 
Uh, it looks Did like... anybody else mention the fact that she was from the Gilmore Girls? No. Oh, jeez. Uh, looks like he had a bit too much Cool Whip. And speaking of Cool Whip, the stuff is disgusting. And what? She, she links to a... Whoa, uh, whoa. She links to a study that showed Cool Whip, somebody put it out in a bowl for 12 days and it remained unchanged. Yeah, that's because it's non-dairy, folks. That's the magic of Cool Whip. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, I, I can't believe there's a person out there that, that, that is, is poo-pooing on Cool yep, Whip. There's majorly poo-pooed. She actually says, I'm sure the food of the 60s is what launched all the cancer we see today. Wait a minute. Uh, if you think for one minute that Cool Whip is going to give you cancer, you are poorly mistaken. <laughs> I would love a whole bowl of beautiful cold Cool Whip right now in front of me. And she does say that Don was way more understanding than she had expected, although a little uncomfortably so. Okay. Um, she does think that Megan and Don's marriage is now on the way out. Now, come on. Once, uh, once uh, Megan gets success as an actress, that she was going to bolt. No, uh, he would love that. That's not true. I don't, I don't know about that. No, that's crazy. Um, she, didn't she, just, she? She's like, I love you. You're everything I thought you would be. She feels incredibly indebted to Don. Yes, I think so. I, I, yeah, I have to were disagree. you watching the same episode we were watching? And she does end with a question saying, does Roger know that Joan's kid is his? And the answer to that is yes. That Joan came and told him um, after their, oh, little, right, yeah. their little event after the, the burglary. And then they, they, they uh, copulate. And then <laughs> she finds out that, yes, she is pregnant and tells him. So, yes, he knows yes. that the, the baby's his. So uh, thank you for that. We got a couple more here. One from our friend um, Andre. He writes in, hello, uh, John, Kate, and even, yes, Paul, if I have to. Don't do that, yeah. pal. <laughs> the episode should have been uh, titled, Who's Making Love to Your Old Lady While You Were Out Making Love? Also, I say, Pete won the fight as it's been ages since we saw Price. Oh, so do you think, like, Price just got knocked out? No. No. Uh, one quick comment about Don and Megan. Without Megan being at work and doing acting classes at night, I, I see Don finally going out and um, dipping his wick, as it were. No. While, people, come on. While Pete is obsessive, I still say not rapey <laughs> at all. What? Not rapey? Not rapey. What? Uh, when it comes to the time and his actions. And for the record, Anthony Weiner has said the same thing, that Pete was not a rapist. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andre, do you also think the sky's not blue? Really? Come on. You're going to go there? Yeah. No, because that's the kind of... This is insane. All right. So this is less insane. Our good friend Alexis from California writes in. It says, hi, guys. It looks like I got fired from my job at Douche Magazine, as if not showing up to work for over a year is an excuse. Sorry yep. for the, uh, the Douche Magazine hiatus. Things are busy. Um, at the museum at the moment. And I am keen to let the new editor take the reins as I love the cover. It's hilarious. Love the show. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Lexi. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you very much. And then we got one last one. I, this was hysterical. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was, mm. uh, it was sent from uh, Jeb and Sue. It says, Hi there. This is an English class photo in Osaka, Japan. Oh, yeah, I saw this. I didn't understand it. I'm on a strict regimen of Mad Men, the recap, and continuous bottles of Canadian club here. Love the podcast. Keep clinking, Paul. Canadians in Osaka. And there's a photograph of, like, the English class and, <laughs> and the dry erase board with somebody that looks like Pete Campbell drawn on there and 
kit, sit, pit, and lit all on the uh, on the dry erase board. <laughs> and then there's a child in that shot too. <laughs> child in the shot. Uh, well, so, right, because in that in that in one of our shows, I asked if there's anyone else in Japan listening to us to please write in. Yeah. And these folks did. So I thank you very so. much. Yeah. So thank that, you very much. Was, well done. Jeb from Osaka, really appreciate it. Yeah, that, and that's um, it. Oh my goodness! Let's tie this back back up. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is that a tying sound? I just, ah. All right. Uh, so, folks, um, we had a listener write in and say, "Hey, guys, would you uh, would you please join Stitcher Smart Radio?" And um, and uh, John uh, alerted me that we should. So we did. We sent in. Uh, we applied to be on Stitcher Smart Radio. And apparently, there must be some kind of approval process because it took about a week. And then I got an email that said, "Yes, we've been approved." So, if you uh, if you want to use Stitcher Smart Radio to listen to our uh, our show, please do. It's an app you can get on the iPhone, so you won't have to go through iTunes necessarily to listen to the show. You can kind of listen to it wherever you're at um, with an app on the phone. Um, and I, apparently, there are also apps in cars and whatnot. So it's just another way to get our show. So. Uh, definitely check it out if you're not, you know, certainly if you're an Android user um, uh, on, on, on your uh, smartphone, it could be a, a great way to access our show um, anywhere, anytime. And I just go to Stitcher Smart Radio and look us up. And so from what I understand with that, it's, it, you don't have to download anything, right? It's all right. Streaming. I think you can just you can then stream it to your phone. Correct. Um, the other ways to get uh, a hold of us are uh, the emails. As you know, John will read your email on the show, and you'll feel like you're famous. All tens of our listeners will uh, get to hear what you have to say, and you can do that at staff at madmenrecap.com. Don't be afraid. John will write you back, and I will skim them because those uh, emails come to both of us. You can also check out our Facebook page, at uh, on Facebook, you just search for Mad Men Recap. We have a uh, we have a fan page there that you can check out. John posts all types of stuff on there, like uh, douche magazine and pictures of uh, Bluto and God knows what else. I just uh, wanted to th- say thanks to everybody that's been contributing. We got some more fun art put up there. We've seen here. Here's something I'd like to hear from the listeners. There's a few different places now that are advertising on our page. They're giving like uh, blogs and recaps and their own thoughts on the Mad Men. And as long as it's all Mad Men, I've actually been okay with it. And I just want to hear if everybody else is okay with that or if they're finding it to be a little, uh, you know, taking up too much space and whatnot. Because, uh, to be fair, John and I are still make uh, zero money on this show. Yes, we lose money. But you know what? We love talking to each other, and we love the fact that you can eavesdrop on us. Uh, Twitter. We do live tweeting every episode during these uh, during these seasons as they air. So on Sunday night at ten o'clock Eastern Standard Time, John, uh, get on your tweeter and uh, check out at Mad Men Recap, and you can see what we think about the show live, and also what the other listeners are thinking too. Because we retweet as much as we can, so it can be like a community of watching the show. It is a ton of fun, John. And sorry again about last week. We yeah, well, it'll back. happen. Yes, it, it like happens. I mentioned, we don't get paid to do this, so that's going to happen every once in a while. And don't and forget your excellent website. That's right. MadmanRecap.com, folks. You can go there. All the shows are posted. You can certainly also listen to the shows there. You can comment on the show there in, um, in uh, you know, the section for each show. Uh, that's the best place to uh, harass me. I try to police that area as much as I can, and John, I do a horrible job at it, 
but I'm going to try to get better. You're great. We just we do want to say thanks to Denise, Jacqueline, and Mike for commenting on the Facebook the uh, the website page. Oh right, I'll try to get I'll try to get back to you. Uh, <laughs> was that a question? I it kind of was. Uh, John, one last thing. Okay. And thanks again. We we love we love love the iTunes reviews. Oh, the iTunes reviews, John. They, I love them. They're so much fun. They're, they are, for the almost entirely most part, just entire, wonderfully complimentary, really enjoyable. And, it's, what uh, makes, it's what makes people realize, folks, that we're the best Mad Men recap out there. And you tell, you, like John mentioned, a bunch more has sprung up, and here's the thing. We don't want you to listen to them. We don't know why. I mean, <laughs> if you want to, go ahead. But, <laughs> but for our own egos, we want you to, to, to just block them from your minds. So the more positive reinforcement you can put on our page, the better. The more people that will listen and join our community, it'll be amazing. So uh, please leave us a, uh, a five-star rating with something nice to say there because it really makes us smile, and really that's the only reimbursement we get for this show. Am I right, John? <laughs> yep, you're right. We, how much money have we lost on this? Uh, we, we, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even want to tell you. <laughs> it's like a boying. It's bad. Uh, so uh, anyway uh, we will talk to everybody next time Great. see you Sunday on the tweeters John that's right great show alright buddy bye bye bye